friends, James here, hoping you're all doing well, navigating all the madness that's going on with the coronavirus, and hope you're making the most of your uh, quarantine time if, you had to, if you've had to do that. Moving forward with our uh, YouTube channel and our other, other outreaches, I want to give you some uh, updates. Of course, the legacy, as we're doing it, will continue to be the centerpiece of what I do on YouTube, but I'm also adding a number of other things. Uh, you may have already seen some of the interviews I've done recently, and I've got some other things coming on too I'll let you know about as we um, go, but I do ask that you please stay tuned. Uh, if you haven't already, please uh, click the subscribe button, and the, if you're watching on YouTube, then click the bell to get the reminders as soon as new things come up. Today's lesson will be especially timely in light of all we're dealing with uh, regarding the coronavirus. In our last lesson, we saw how Jesus had gone off to have some private prayer time after a very powerful session of ministering to people at Peter's house. But Jesus' prayer time is abruptly interrupted by uh, Peter and the others telling him that everyone is looking for him. So he says, let's go on to the next town. So they, they make the journey from Capernaum to Galilee, which is around 17 miles. And right away, Jesus gets to work uh, preaching and healing. In the midst of all this, a leper comes and kneels down before Jesus. Now, leprosy is mentioned in the Bible 68 times. The name originates from the Hebrew word saroth, which means scales, like you'd find on a fish or a reptile. Now, the disease we call leprosy today is commonly known as Hansen's disease, and it's not necessarily the same thing as the leprosy talked about in the Bible. In fact, in fact there are a number of infectious skin diseases in Bible times that might fall under the category of leprosy. Now, today, leprosy is easily treatable in countries with adequate medical care, but in some of poorer countries, you still find leper colonies from time to time. Now, when a person was diagnosed with leprosy in the Bible, part of the treatment was to declare, declare them ceremonially unclean. Now, it's important to remember that being unclean was not necessarily evil or sinful. It, sometimes it was, depending on the circumstances, but certainly wasn't in all cases. In fact, there are times when it was pretty much unavoidable by just by living your everyday life. For example, if you had to touch a dead body, you were unclean for a period of time. A woman during her menstrual cycle or right after childbirth was unclean for a period of time. You can find the instructions regarding uh, leprosy in the book of Leviticus, chapters 13 and 14. A person with leprosy was expected to yell out, unclean, unclean, so people would know to avoid them. And failure to do that could possibly get the person killed. So the man coming to Jesus this way was an act of tremendous courage. Also notice the deep sense of humility he comes to Jesus with. And he comes and kneels down before Jesus. And his request is not just to be healed of the leprosy, although obviously that's understood, but he wants to be declared clean so that he doesn't have to live in isolation from his family and from his neighbors. And when Jesus hears this, it says he's filled with compassion. Filled with compassion. I would encourage you to take some time and meditate on that. The Greek word for it is, I hope I'm pronouncing this properly, splanchnathes, which means to be moved with in the innermost parts with pity or compassion. We'll be coming back to that in a moment. But touching a leper made someone ceremonially unclean, but Jesus touched him anyway. And what happened? The direct opposite result. Jesus didn't become unclean from touching the leper. Rather, Jesus' touch made the leper clean. In light of this, many Bible scholars believe that leprosy is a type or a foreshadow of sin. It was an inward condition that affected the person in a hideous manner. It isolated the person. And most importantly, the person was incapable of curing themselves. In light of this, Jesus tells the man to go to the priest and go through the process of being officially declared clean. Again, you can read more about that in Leviticus 13 and 14. Then surprisingly, though, Jesus tells the man, 
don't tell anyone what just happened. And the Greek word here is very emphatic. Jesus adamantly told the man not to tell anyone what had happened. The time for that had not yet come. But not too surprisingly, the man didn't listen. He goes around telling everyone about it. And eventually that would cause a lot of problems for Jesus as he started to travel. People were mobbing him everywhere he went. As we wrap up, I would like to revisit this word compassion, which is Jesus' motivating factor in, in what he does for people. In our English word, compassion is a compound word meaning uh, common passion or to suffer alongside. Sometimes we get a, a misguided idea of what the word passion means. We're passionate about a hobby or a sports team or a music group or a TV show, but that's really not the point. The, your passion is what you're willing to suffer for. And friends, Jesus' passion is for us. Thanks for joining us and keep it real.